On this episode of Back in a Pod, we break down our regular season with a whole lot of nice things and a few eh. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our new website, PackersPodcast.com. Down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. Incredible play. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Pack It Up Packers Podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, boys? So we're going to do this kind of season wrap up, this nice, beautiful stretch. Cause, I mean, we got these first round buys all the time. We got to fill in this, <laughs> this content train somewhere. But what we're going to do first is introduce our guest for today, a Packers super fan from Ohio, Andy Gill. <laughs> hey, Andy. Hey, guys. How's it going? So we got to know, how did you become a Packers super fan? Well, uh, you know, growing up in the 90s, uh, the Browns moved to Baltimore, as you all well know. Art Modell snuck the team out in the middle of the night, uh, moved the team down to Baltimore, became the Ravens, and and won Super Bowl pretty quickly. Uh, at the time, Brett Favre was doing his thing in Green Bay, and so a lot of the games were televised in my area. So it was also the only the only game that I had seen live was in Cleveland uh at municipal stadium against green bay brett Favre threw for like a jillion yards and destroyed us um and then when the browns came back in 99 uh they were terrible uh so it was easy to kind of continue rooting for green bay and yeah the rest is history i suppose then i had the proud honor of taking annie to his mecca to the 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 big trip to lambo Freshly off our wedding, we're like, we're not honeymooning. We're taking Andy to Lambeau Field. <laughs> yeah, that, sort that, of a that reverse, was, uh, reverse. And it was snowing, play. wasn't it? It was snowing. Was it? I don't know. It was the no. 49ers. It was cold. I don't think it, did. it was cold. One on a, on a last second field goal. Yeah, I, I had a similar story. I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast, but I was born in the Chicago area. So my whole family are still Bears fans. And when I was around five years old, we moved up to Wisconsin. And as my dad tells the story, we were literally at the border and I look over to him in the moving truck, you know, sitting up front and I look over and I go, Dad, I think I'm going to be a Packers fan. <laughs> and as a five year old, he pushed you out of the cab. Yeah, he kicked me out. <laughs> as a five year old, you're just like, well, this is going to be easier. I'm going to make more friends this way. Boy, did that decision pan out well for me, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you're very smart. You're very smart. <laughs> So let's kind of review uh, overarching 13-3 and three for the second straight year, number one seed. Uh, we're really, when you look at both sides of the ball, a top 10 team. On offense, it's unbelievable what we're doing in terms of, of stats. We're first in points. We're first in passing touchdowns and uh, red zone touchdowns. Like We're incredible. But what I think is amazing is that we have the, this like machine of an offense and yet we rank 28th in plays run so it's like we do we do all this and then we're in the bottom of the barrel of actual plays that act that happen on our offensive side defensively it's a similar situation we're floating around that 10 to 12 spot we're doing sixth in points 
Uh, we're doing top 10 in sacks. We're doing top 10 in yards against. We're, we're doing a lot of good things right. What's hurting us is turnovers and then fourth down conversions, which if you remove the Bears game, I assume we're the best team in the entire league uh, because <laughs> just got steamrolled by 80%. I don't Top know five, how many right? times. Yeah, it'd just be unbelievable. So we're just going to kind of talk about it in general. We're going to talk about the players, some of the games, and everything like that. So let's get this out and over with. We know that the MVP is Aaron Rodgers. If you want to do a nice 1B you give it to Devontae Adams. So eliminating those two from our board, who is your MVP of this season? Who's going to jump to go first? I'll go ahead. So I, I kind of dug deep because I knew the Rodgers and the Adams were the easy selections. And I felt like third was pretty straightforward, too, because everyone just goes with, like, offensive playmakers. So not to – take away from anyone's future selections. But the guy, I, I always want MVP to be voted on as a guy where if you removed him from the team, the team would suffer dramatically. Not just the guy with the most stats on the best team. And obviously Rodgers fits that billing. If you remove him from the Packers, they play pretty bad. No offense, Tim Boyle. But I think the guy that quietly kept this team afloat that doesn't get enough recognition is Elton Jenkins. Ah, dang it. I, I knew I would steal dang someone's it. selection. <laughs> the guy feels like he played everywhere, and now he's on a, a full campaign to even get some snaps at quarterback. If you took him off the line, you would right now have a line of Billy Turner, John Runyon, Lindsley, Patrick, and Wagner. No, no, no. How, no. how tough would that look if you got to go face the Buccaneer defense, the Redskins, excuse me, the football team defense? These teams with great pass rushes in that line, if you take Jenkins off, that's what we look like right now without Bakhtiari. And this guy has been so versatile, you don't even notice where he's playing on, you know, within the line. You don't know which spot he has in any given week because it's just been seamless. He doesn't give up pressures. He moves up to the second level and consumes linebackers off of double teams. When he had to snap the ball, we never had a snapping issue. And he's in his second year. This guy is just a lockdown, pay him whatever he wants, keep him as a Packer for his whole career. I gave him the season MVP because of that versatility. Yeah, and not only the versatility, but he makes everybody around him better. Uh, he helps out. Yeah, with uh, high fives and butt slaps. You know it. He brings that momentum, <laughs> baby. Uh, but that's a great pick, Finn. I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll just go into mine then. Uh you know, since you took away my number one, I did have a second one lined up here, and I, I'm going defense, and I'm going Amos. Um, I, I'm really impressed. I, I was hard on him at the beginning of the year, um, but he has turned it on in the second, even the last three-fourths of the year. He has just been playing flat-out amazing. He's flying to the ball. He's seeing things. Um, that he has not seen before. He's cutting off passes. He's blitzing a lot more, has two sacks on the year. Um, and he has also has two interceptions. So just with how much he's been in on big plays and consistently in the run game and pass game, I'm, I, I'm thrilled with how not only Amos, but Savage too. Our safeties are just playing great, but I, I had to give it to Amos. Great picks, both of them. I think for me, uh, it's going to be more of a my decision is more based off of coming to the season. I think we were all a bit concerned about the running back position and what sort of money we'd be able to put in that. Would we be able to keep all the guys we had on the roster? I think 
it's obvious AJ Dillon's going to be there for at least, you know, next foreseeable future. But Jamal Williams for me is my pick because mm-hmm. what he was able to do in terms of quelling my fears uh, about what might happen should we need to let go of Jones and move on to somebody else. Right. He was a guy that for me has been consistent in his contribution. Uh, we got to see him a lot in the passing game, and I think he really showed through on that. Uh, obviously r- r- runs the ball with a lot of energy. Uh, he seems like a, a big team guy, has lots of fun. Ooh, that dance. Yeah, you see him all the time dancing out on the field. And I think for me that that energy is what really got me excited about him. And and I think for me, whatever they decide moving forward, uh, I'm going to be pretty happy with what we have in the backfield. So, you know, that's a great point, because running backs on other teams, I mean, he's a number one running back. I mean, there's no doubting he could be a number one on another team. And he's just sat there and played second second fiddle with a smile on his face. Like it's while, very while impressive. While being drafted higher than Aaron yeah, Jones. Yeah, while being drafted higher than Aaron Jones. So with him to do that, that 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 is a lot to say for his character. These are all great picks, and I actually had well, thank you. had most of these on my list as well. Uh honorable mention, I know he's not a player, but Matt LaFleur. The fact uh, that uh no, I'm not gonna up. I'm not gonna pick I'm not gonna pick them. But I'm just saying the fact that everybody this year, including Rodgers, officially dove head in and said this is it. And now we have the number one offense in the league. The defense is catching up. I, I, it's just amazing. But Seriously, on that note, before you move off of that, did you ever imagine two years ago McCarthy leaves? Everyone thinks like, well, Rodgers' career is, is on the tail end. He can't get along with coaches. He's going to ruin whoever comes in next. And then they hire a young guy, and you're like, oh, he's totally going to destroy him that they're going to be high-fiving and making jokes on the sideline like they are. And also think about some of the names. We, we joked about it, but we there was a chance that Jim Caldwell could have been our coach. We're not <laughs> going 26-6. and six. I'm it's telling exciting. you right now, we're not going. Yeah. Adam Gaze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dodge I mean, the bullet. Genius. It's unreal. It's unreal how it's worked out, and it'll be interesting to see, and this is a topic for end of season, what happens in the shuffle of coaches. But my MVP this year is, is Mr. Tunyon. And it seems like an easy pick, but then you look about tight ends have never been a part of the Packers system since Rodgers has come into town. So the fact that somebody has less incompletions than he does touchdowns at seven incompletions to 11 touchdowns is unreal. But then you also think Jace was the guy that we thought might be moving up. Concussions takes him out. We draft Aguara, looks really good in week one. He gets injured for the season. So really... If all of a sudden Robert Tunyon doesn't be Robert Tunyon, we have no tight ends. It's Mercedes Lewis as a, a blocking a back, yep. and that's it. And so, whoa, Dominique Daphne, excuse yeah, me. Now, I'm now, I'm sorry. slander. Pick the wrong Indiana <laughs> State guy again. But I just think that what he's done, and I think more so the confidence of when your check down guy does what he does in terms of blocking and getting outside and and catching everything that comes his way, I think it's just a huge lifter for this team. And I, I wish we'd use him more, but if he's your, if he's your kind of third, fourth option and he gets 11 touchdowns a season, let's go, let's go, baby. He was great at keeping defense honest. Uh, How many plays was he just wide open because he would fake the block so well or, a right. designed yeah. play from earlier in the game. 
Um, so that that's what I view with him. Like he is just he knows how to execute exactly what Lafleur wants, and you can see how how that happens. Yeah, and think think how much better of a season he'd have statistically if him and Rodgers could link up more. I mean, I feel like he missed <laughs> Rodgers airmailed it on so gross. I forgot about that. He missed him a lot at early. the beginning. Yeah, and and think about the attention he draws now when the offense approaches like that thirty yards and in. I mean, it's probably the reason a guy like Daphne gets wide open for a touchdown, right? They're like, we got we got our eyes on Adams, Tanyan, and Jones in this situation. Then Daphne's like, see ya, and just is wide open in the end zone. So a guy that has more touchdowns this year than catches he had last year. Wow. That's, that's a, a sneaky underdog or MVP pick. I like it. Yeah. So let's let's pull the Band-Aid off. Who is our least valuable player this year? Can we all agree on this one? <laughs> oh, man. No. No, we are not. I know we're not going to agree on this one. Devin all Jones. right. My, my, <laughs> my, my least valuable. I'll just kick it off. Oh, it's between two. Uh, all right. I'll. I'm just going to state the obvious Preston Smith Um, there. You went there. I'm going there. It's obvious. It needs to be said, and he might not be on the team next year if things work out the way we would want them to. Um, But just the way that he not only just didn't perform, it didn't look like he was in shape at the beginning of the season. It didn't look like he knew what was going on within the defense. You know, a majority of the majority of the year Um, he has, turned it up a little bit later on uh, in this season. But if it wasn't for Gary stepping up this year, we would have had some serious issues with pass rush and just overall pressure uh, in the backfield. So definitely LVP. Sorry, Preston Smith. Love you. Hope you play better next year if you're here. Oh, man. That's a bold statement to say he didn't know what was going on in the defense early in the year. Like I thought How it was many more times about- was he not setting the edge and just crashing in and getting run around? I mean, it was disgusting at the beginning of the year. I, I felt like it was more of an effort and chasing a big play situation than not knowing the defense. Maybe. Maybe. He was disappointing. I almost typed his name down for least valuable player. And I just couldn't do it to him. Cause I'm like, there are others on this team that need to be called out. Andy, we're going to let you go as our guest. Okay. Your least valuable. Okay. Well, you know, uh, after Foose threw out a coach, I'm going to go ahead and say, can I do Sean Meninga? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yes. You just made my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that situation. I mean, you had, this is a, this is a situation where, you have a coach. All you need to do is get the ball into 12's hands. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's, and this has been something for years for me that I've struggled with on punt coverage and just receiving the punt. The number of times we've had muff punts, and th- not this year specifically, but I feel like two, three, four years ago, it's just been a continual problem where I'm just screaming at the TV, just fair catch it or get out of the way. I'll take the ball at the one. with 12 back there then I will taking a chance on a guy returning it because we're not gonna it's not gonna be a huge return it never is I'm more those are the plays that I'm most concerned about is kickoffs uh and punt and kick returns because I'm concerned that if a turnover happens we've wasted a perfect opportunity to score and I think this year with how efficient our offense has been just let Rodgers have a chance. I don't care where he is on the field. So right. my LVP is going to be Sean Meninga. It makes me miss 
when Jamal Williams was at kick returner, which we actually came back on this pod once we saw it. And we're like, that's terrible. Like, the, what a low ceiling, right? He's just going to safely return it to the 20-yard line, not even, you know, get you a touch back to the 25. You know how much I would die for Jamal Williams back there right now? Like, oh, man, at least he's going to absorb that big hit and hold on to the ball right now. I I would agree with Meninga, but I'm more concerned about the tackling on the special teams. I mean, the the kick coverage units, the punt uh, uh, the punting unit, and then specifically J.K. Scott has never seen a tackling dummy. These these guys, every, every time the other team returns it, you're like, oh, that's a weapon. You feel like it's Devin Hester all of a sudden because it's our special teams. But when we're returning it, you're like, just take a knee, just don't fumble it. Like this is amateur football. It's ridiculous. Hard to watch. All right, other than uh, Snacks Harrison, LVP, I mean, he only played 12 snaps for us this year, right? He counts? He's on the roster? No, he doesn't count. All right, I'm going with a guy that uh, we were all very high on, and I'll take blame for this. But, Josh, you also gave him an off-season acquisition grade of a C minus, I believe it was. Possibly D plus, C minus. It was a D plus, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. And then. Right before the season started, I think you said like defensive MVP would be him, mm-hmm. and it did not pan out. Mm-hmm. We thought we thought you can't get, and we were warned about this that you can't get much worse than Blake Martinez. You could just you know go, go like for like and hopefully better, more athletic. <sighs> Made me miss Blake Martinez a couple times. <laughs> Christian Kirksey, I know you can't avoid injury, but he got hurt. When he came back, he was not our Mike linebacker, and it's it's pretty clear that he's not the Mike linebacker. It's not like oh, this was established through practice, and you know these guys just worked their way ahead of him somehow. An undrafted rookie and a rookie that started injured are playing as well or better than him, and he's making eight million, ten million. I'm not looking at the stat sheet, but. Man, that qualifies you for a least valuable player. And it doesn't mean you're not on the field. It doesn't mean you're not going to make some plays for us. But Christian Kersey, we expected so much more. It's a good thing that I have to throw you under the bus here. I know you're an avid listener, Christian, so I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> we can talk about it later, but i got to give him the least valuable player. Yeah, it was down to two between Kersey for the reasons you mentioned and, and worrying about his fragility in it came right back to get us, especially when you look at him, too, of two sacks and two interceptions. And if you take away that Tennessee game, they both dropped a one. Uh, I'm going to say Preston just because he's getting paid a whole lot of money on this team. You can't be a top five paid player on an NFL team and go unnoticed for streaks at a time. It just cannot happen. And I think I I don't necessarily want to bring him back next year if we can get some of that dead cap we'll take on and, and push it elsewhere. But I also think that he wasn't necessarily put in the greatest position that Preston Smith could have been. And uh, Sidarius, even though he didn't have that great of a year in terms of hustle in some plays, he still racked up the sacks. He just still didn't need, needed to do what he did. I, I just, I have to give it to Preston because it's just, it was, it was sad to see him and you shouldn't be getting that angry at a guy getting paid that much. And it happened. So, yeah, and Kirk Kirksey, it, you know, it's crazy. Like Barnes, I mean, he's playing decent, right? But he's not playing like top-notch linebacker, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he plays very aggressive. But like 
that's what blows my mind even more is Kirksey isn't even playing like, you know, just an average middle linebacker. We, we just thought and expected so much more. So that, that's, a he had point. to change positions to, to show up yeah. to stay on. He's the field. had way more success on the, as the will linebacker than he did as the Mike. Yeah. yeah he has 100% agree with that. But the statistical production too, like the pick was a gift. It was a Preston Smith. Tip, yeah, and both, it? and both sacks have come the past two weeks. Yeah. And it, uh, Oh, man. And, you know, I, I, I'm concerned uh, nobody picked Kevin King. Is it because he was injured? We feel too bad. No, he played exactly game? how I expected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that That's actually a perfect transition. Let me take that transition and run with this. So I actually listened to an offseason podcast to, to get our, our feelings as we came into the year to do a little recap and kind of laugh at like what turned out and what didn't. So <laughs> we did a segment that we had Josh interject some train noises for hype train or lame. Choo choo. And one of the first guys we covered was Kevin King. And I was hyped because I said a guy going into his contract year as a second round pick, but the whole TJ Watts situation, he's going to be so motivated to be on the field to ball out, to give us two number one so he can go get a number one type contract with a new team because I didn't think the Packers could re-up him. But Josh shot that down. He's like, nope, he doesn't have it. He's he's either going to be hurt or not play well. That's panned out. Well done, Josh. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> the other one's pretty fast. And I want you guys to comment on this too. Maybe not the first, but the, the next couple. The other one was Lane Taylor. We were all hyped about him. I think he played to that until the injury, right? Yeah, he was good. He was looking real good. He was playing pretty well. We covered Kingsley Kiki. Josh was hyped. And listen to some of the notes Josh had. A a quick (laughs) – he was spot on. A a quick guy who could consume a block in the run game and you tease that he could get a couple sacks. Little did you know it was a couple (laughs) at a time. (laughs) He meant to say a couple at a time. So I was rooting for him as well, and then Ryan had jumped in and said, no, 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 boys, back down. Lancaster's going to end up being the starter. Oh, unfortunately true. No? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no Ryan. Ryan, Who the trophy's knows? on its way, man. Great call. <laughs> Great call, everybody. Great call. Oh, well, as fun. we're talking about improved players, let's. I have three names for most improved. Gary, Savage, and Tunyon. Who are you choosing? You know my point. You know my pick. <laughs> uh, you boys let, discuss amongst yourselves. Let me start this one off. My my pick is going to be Rashawn Gary. Yeah. He, I mean, Woo-hoo! year one to year two, total different guy. And they could be playing time. I mean, he's certainly getting more snaps than he was last year. But he is setting an edge. He is pressure. He probably deserves more stats than he's getting. But he is mm. creating a lot of these pressures and sacks and I'm I get excited to see him out on the field when they take Preston off and Gary comes in. Right. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, he's a few plays away from having a double digit, you know, sack season. I mean, he has been very close multiple times, even for half sacks. Uh, so, yeah, very good pick with Gary. But I'm going Tunyon. You know, we said at the beginning of the year. We we didn't expect him to be anything like Kittle. Don't don't expect too much out of him. You know, just a solid tight end. Um, and we even said like Mercedes Lewis might play more than him sometimes. So 
just to see how much success, especially when in earlier in the season, like we said before, they weren't succeeding. He was missing Tunyon a lot. Rodgers was missing him um, and overthrowing him. So just to stay on the plan and to trust in what Lafleur saw, uh, I, I think it's great. And I think he's only going to flourish more within this offense uh, moving forward. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was originally thinking Savage, but then I, f- I feel like there is so many opportunities where he actually dropped interceptions. So I don't think he's quite to the level that you're hoping for. Um, Gary has, has been awesome. Like He has been awesome, and like we said, he's been very, very, very close to pulling these off uh, on a consistent basis. But at the same time, he goes from, what was it, two or three sacks to five. So I think he still has that jump to make. Tunyon, I mean, if you would have told me that a tight end this year had 11 touchdowns, I would have laughed at you. So the fact that he got open, he did the things he needed to do, that we're even discussing that he's a Kittle 2.0 is ridiculous to me. And I'm very, very excited to see how he continues to grow because he got he does have a little bit of room to to uh, improve on the blocking side of things. But if he can continue to keep the speed up and keep the strength up and the hands stay like glue, I mean, man, this is a guy that's going to be a top five tight end in the league for the foreseeable future. I'll back down from the Kittle 2.0. He's like a Kittle 1.5. Yeah, yeah. He's like a Kittle 1B. (laughs) (laughs) He's great. What what I'm concerned there is it's not like he's locked into a four or five year deal. So he puts up these numbers. You're like, oh, are we going to have to pay him like a top five tight end next year? It, that that concerns me long term. We'll cover that in the offseason. I, I get the Tanyan hype, but you boys know I'm all on that Rayshon Gary train. That's why we invited Andy to be on the pod. Give me some, <laughs> give me some strength in numbers. I still got to wear a belly jersey down in Tampa one of these days. 2023 I, I hope, probably. I knows. hope it's for the Super Bowl with a mask on. No one knows it's me then. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not been working out for it, so it'll be quite the sight. <laughs> no, Gary shows so much promise. and I'm with Andy. He, He's so close to making that jump, and you see it with the effort. He's jumping on the pile. His run defense right now is stellar, and and it's exciting seeing him out there. They're they're starting to put him as like a three-tech over the guards because they trust him enough in passing down situations. But I think it's a pretty easy uh, scenario to to flash forward to next year, and he's your starter opposite of Zedarius. So last kind of part as we've talked about players is I just want to talk about a, a highlight of this year that you're just like, man, you just still kind of think about it and chuckle. If you want to include your low light in there, great. But what is this kind of uh, if you're making this Super Bowl real later in the season, what are you including in it? Mine has to be when Rodgers threw for his 400th touchdown uh, to Devontae and Devontae just willed his way into that touchdown by uh, pretty much hands to the face uh, to the corner uh, to get that ball in and then just handed it right back to him because he knew how important it was. Uh, It's awesome to see when players actually realize what they're doing together um, and and realize it's not a solo effort uh, and it, it just hit it hit differently. I'll just say MVS's catch. Yeah, that one. (laughs) <laughs> wow, dare you. How do you talk about our second leading receiver that way? I have a hard time going back and, and pointing out specific moments. And I think part of it is credit to the Packers. There weren't that many games that were decided in the final seconds, right? So 
if I do like the Hollywood style montage in my head, one that's a recency bias is that third down conversion from Aaron Jones, where he just caught a little drop off against the Bears just recently, breaks a tackle, accelerates out of it, breaks like three more tackles and picks up the first down. It was like that is just the epitome of effort and the, the energy that we're seeing from guys all over the team this year that just sort of summed up that offense, including Rodgers checking a ball down, which is mm-hmm. honestly a maturity that we've seen from a 37-year-old quarterback, give or take a year, whatever age he is right now. So uh, that play comes to mind specifically just as – you know, between that and Jamal Dance and just like the energy that was brought to the team that it was just a tell of the success that they're having. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I have a hard time thinking of one particular moment. But one thing that stands out to me this year is the amount of fun that Aaron Rodgers seems to be having. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've noticed the last couple of years is he seems to just be upset a lot, a lot just angry, yelling at himself and other guys you know, missed assignments, whatever the case may be, but he is clearly having a good time. And, you know, in years past, when you'd, when you'd see him smile or joking around, you always thought, oh, this game's over. Uh, I mean, Aaron's going to throw for 600 yards and, and 12 touchdowns. Like, you can't exactly. stop him. And this year, seeing how much fun he is having, and he's clearly having a great time out there with all the guys, uh, that's one thing for me that has stuck out the most. And, you know, hopefully that continues for him because clearly it's working. What, whatever he's doing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, meditation or, or whatever. It's that he's vegan diet. Like, yeah. Gosh. Oh, oh, the vegan amongst uh, us. How was your, your CrossFit class? I'll just go ahead and toss in my uh, low light has to be the uh, J.K. Scott missed tackles uh, along the sideline. Um, I have watched They were entertaining. What are you talking about? Oh, so fun. But just you feel so you feel so bad for the guy. Just, you know, turn him inside, it, even touch him. Just didn't even touch the guys. He went to the Kevin King School of Tackling. <laughs> just arms behind his back. And he did not graduate. <laughs> yeah, my moments are definitely bookend. I mean, the Tennessee game, as much as it was kind of hyped out as this battle between two Super Bowl candidates, it was just awesome to see us literally run over them uh dylan's breakout game to feel as though defensively we were in control it was just an awesome game to watch uh would have been a lot more fun with seattle loss but we still did pull it off my number one moment though goes all the way back to week one we're down seven to three we're a little nervous of oh my goodness are we just gonna screw up against minnesota and then good old jair comes flying on a blitz for the safety against Cousins. And then from there on, we just roll. Oh, and, yeah. and I will think about that play and just Cousins' eyes getting big and just savage, or uh, Jair just destroying him for a safety. His so. lone sack on the season. Probably his only <laughs> blitz on this season, too. It wasn't, he wasn't even supposed a, to blitz. wasn't even called blitz. Yep. I just no. picture Ryan goes to bed holding his football and being like, Jair's blitz, Jair's <laughs> blitz. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because... We uh, there was a graphic being thrown around Twitter this week that against number one receivers he's given up less than 150 total yards this entire season, and it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me that the man's not getting int numbers. He's not finding those blips packages where he can pick up a sack or two. Like 
he's just a man on a literal island just hanging out, not getting thrown to. Yeah, it's honestly, awesome. we it's don't awesome. want him blitzing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's such an yeah. asset in coverage. Why, why would you send him? And that, I think that's why you've seen King as the blitzer in the last few weeks. Yeah, yep, for sure. Hey, I did want to ask before we close this out. Yes or no, do you want to re-sign Petten next year? Oh, my God. No, no. Mike Pettin, if you win us a Super Bowl, <laughs> I will agree that we no longer need to mutually part ways. That that's exactly what I'm gonna say. Like if if we win a Super Bowl, he can come back because he has changed uh, and improved this defense throughout the year. But uh, if, if every year has started the same with him, you know, there's always issues that they have to improve. So uh, yeah, if unless they win the Super Bowl, bye bye. Andy, are you pro Pettin? I am pro Petten, and and this is my reason. Is Growing up in Cleveland, yeah, this is yep. a Cleveland thing. <laughs> and when you watch a coaching carousel year after year, you never, ever, ever have continuity because you have a new guy comes in. His guys aren't the ones playing out on the field, so he's going to bring new guys in who have to teach everybody else the system. I am I am very much against replacing a a what we say their defense is top fifth top 15 almost top 10 you know you're in the top third of the league almost uh, i i would have a hard time saying that he did anything this year that would warrant uh him being let go especially what we've seen coming into this latter portion of the season where they are playing a lot lights out on the defensive side of the ball and they are peaking at the right time so unless they have a monumental collapse in the postseason, and we have uh, a San Francisco fiasco that we did last postseason. I don't see how you don't bring him back. That would be it. It is interesting, though. I don't know if you guys saw it's it's breaking as of us recording this podcast that Hackett, Uh-oh. our OC, is getting head coach looks with Atlanta. Hey, so. Coach. Yeah, it might be a little carousel involving uh, the Packers. We'll see. He feels like one of those guys that gets in the interviews this year without being a serious contender, and then maybe next year. He's not even calling the plays. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, I mean, there's a lot of names out there that are just kind of circling around uh, Jason Garrett out in L.A. and all this stuff. It's like, holy moly. But Yeah, Andy, have you ever heard of Jim Leonard? Yeah, mm, man. That's that's who yes. we're replacing Penn yes. with. Oh, okay. Everybody that's knows. That's the dream. <laughs> He's from Wisconsin. He likes the Packers. Yep. <laughs> but that'll do it for this episode. Andy, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, good to have you. Thank uh, you guys. Next week we'll drop a preview episode against one of four opponents. So enjoy your Saturday viewing. Enjoy your Sunday viewing. Do we want the Bears to be Go the Bears? Do we want the Bears? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I do. I do want them to win. Uh, but until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.